Praise God. Okay. Now, now that we've got, got, got that aside, all of my gadgets connected, praise God. Um, as we've been looking at Scripture over the last several weeks and, and gaining wonderful tools for uh, being successful in our life from everything from talking about faith and trust and, and renewing our minds and, and so forth, um, we're going to talk today about thoughts because we all know that the battle for um, success in our lives, the things that bring challenges into our lives, all begins with the thought. So today we're going to talk about the anatomy of a thought. We're going to look at a thought, how it comes in, what it does, and what we should be doing with it. Because many, many times when we, um, you know, when we wind up getting challenges in our lives, you, you get a letter in the mailbox or you receive a phone call or you, you read something somewhere or someone says something to you and it's bad news, um, all of a sudden a, a certain thought process sets in. And that is very, very natural and normal because we are indeed human beings. And even though we are Christians and we're, child, we're children of God, it's still that we have to wrestle with things in this life. And it all starts with, with the thought. It all starts with the thought. When the thought comes into our, our mind, which path does it take? It can only take one of two paths. Either that path is to just zing around in our minds where we think about it, we meditate on it, Fear crops up because all of a sudden this thing that we've heard, that we've seen, or, or the phone call or the letter or whatever it is that we have, that thought there lingers in it and we start thinking on that thought and we start meditating and dwelling on it. And then fear sets in and then next thing you know there's all sorts of anxiety and stress builds up. That's one path that it can take. The other path that it can take when that thought comes into your mind, and it's a conscious decision that we have to make, is to not let that thought bounce around and to dwell on it, but immediately send it down into the spirit. Get it down into the spirit realm in our bodies, in our spirits there, because our spirit, being that we're born again children of God, is, is, is uh, we're Holy Spirit filled and we're tied into Jesus. And so right away, if we don't, don't entertain it up here in the mind, which is, which is the, the mind realm, which is tied to the things of this world, it's carnally minded, it's not deeply uh, rooted in spiritual things, we have to get it from thinking about it down into the spirit. And that's what we want to talk about today. How do we get those thoughts that come into our minds down into your spirit? The scripture talks about renewing your mind, and it all comes from how we entertain a thought and how we decide to manage it, okay? And we all get these thoughts. I don't care how long you've been born again, the devil will come in and will, will whisper something to you through someone else or through, a, like I said, a letter, mailbox, a bit of news, newspaper, a letter, whatever it could be. So we want to look at today, how is it that we deal with it? Into the mind where it's dwelled on, uh, that's head knowledge. Fear, failure, worry, stress, because you can't see the solution. The devil tells you a lie, and you actually hear a lie, or, or you actually hear a lie, misunderstanding that someone said to you. You know, I remember um, there was a, a church service there, and after the, the church service, uh, the sister was outside telling another sister, Did you hear what Pastor said? He said so-and-so and so-and-so and so. And we were standing by, and that is not what Pastor said at all. That is not what Pastor said. But she heard something entirely different, you see. So even sometimes how we perceive things, what we're hearing, it's a de the devil that could be whispering something into your mind, and you're not even hearing it accurately, all right? But still, it gets trapped up here in your mind, and feelings of, of failure, feelings of dread, or whatever may be linked to that start, thought starts coming in. So, your first step, okay, the first step in this process is to declare out loud 
that you will not allow any outside force to do your thinking. No man and no spirit. All right? It starts there. Your first step is to declare out loud that you will not allow any outside force to do your thinking. No man and no spirit. There are spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws that demons must obey. They cannot stay where a man wills them not to stay. All right? They cannot stay where a man wills them not to stay because your power is in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the word of God. All right? So that thought that comes in, first of all, you know, your thoughts are coming from some place. Either they're coming from God, Holy Spirit, or you've got this demon or, or a human being where someone, some demon is possibly whispering to that person, and they're coming to bring you, to bring you some bad news. So the first thing you have, to, you have to say to yourself is that I'm not going to allow any, anyone else or demon to do my thinking for me. And because of who I am in the Lord, in the blood of Jesus Christ, and because I'm a born-again child of God, and because I will that voice to go away, and I will not accept what that spirit is whispering to me in the name of Jesus. They cannot stay. Okay, because even the demons know. The demons know who Jesus is, and they have to bow to his name. So there are spiritual laws, you know, that guide that. The same way we saw spiritual laws in action in that video there that just took control of the whole environment. If you can get that deep down in your spirit, that you do not have to accept those thoughts, that'll be the first step, you, the first step in you towards um, uh, maintaining your thought life and not being overwhelmed by negative thoughts that will come in. Let's go to 1 John, verse number 4. Little John. 1 John 4. Okay. Okay, you cannot be listening to every spirit that will come your way. So your first checkpoint here is that let's start saying to ourselves that I'm not going to allow thoughts that are not of God uh, from from driving my feelings, driving my emotions, or driving my physical physical actions or any decisions that I might make. One John four verse number one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. By this know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Underline, this is that spirit of Antichrist. Of which you have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So please underline that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All right? So that spirit that would be trying to come to you, that would be whispering to you things that are not of God, you know, this could be leading you, wanting to lead you into something that is maybe going to lead down a sinful path, leading you into something that's going to wind up making you being disobedient to God, you know, having you to do something and Holy Spirit does not want you to do that. And maybe Holy Spirit has been telling you don't do that or don't get involved, you know. So but greater is he that's in you than that spirit that's in the world, all right? So you don't have to accept that. You start hearing these thoughts or, 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 or hearing some news or something coming from someone or from newspaper or whatever. First of all, you rebuke it. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
I, I do not will to accept. By an act of my will in the name of Jesus, I do not accept that thought. Spirit, get away from me. All right? And the fact that you are telling it to get away from you in the name of Jesus, the reason that spirit has to obey is why? Because of the scripture that you just read. Greater is he, meaning Holy Spirit, that is in you than he that is in the world or it that's in the world. Amen? So you do not have to accept that. All right? Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Okay. Looking at this thought when it, come, when it comes into your mind, what are, what are some of the things that you need to do immediately off the bat, off the bat when this negative thought comes into mind, which brings about fear or failure? Uh, chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or are not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having, having in a readiness to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So looking at the very beginning there in verse number 3 here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Those, those things that would be coming our way, entering into our world, uh, entering into our minds, you know. Even though they may come to you by way of a person where someone may come and give you some bad news or tell you something that makes you feel nervous or upset or anxious or fearful. All right, all right. You, 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 your battle is not with that person, okay? So when someone comes up to give you and gives you some bad news, you know, um, you know you've heard the, the, the expression, uh, you know, don't beat up the messenger, you know, I'm just bringing you the bad news, don't beat up the messenger. You know, well, that, that's really, really true because the human being bringing you that bad news is not the source of that bad news. It would be that spirit that is driving that person to bring the bad news. So the first thing you must recognize that this opposition that is coming, of, coming against you is not fleshly, it's not carnal, it isn't fleshly opposition here. This is a spiritual thing that is coming against you. This is a spiritual attack to make you feel um, unworthy, to make you feel fearful, to make you feel things won't go right, to make you feel I don't have enough money, to make you feel like I won't succeed. Whatever that thing is, it's not the person that is bringing you the bad news that is the issue. Issue here. All right, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, those strongholds are meaning spiritual strongholds, demonic strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything underlined, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So, casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations mean that when that thought comes into my mind, an imagination, when that thought comes into my mind, I'm going to cast it down especially if it's a thought that exalts itself, is trying to lift it up, lift itself up against the knowledge of God. So if you have that thought coming into your mind, you know, and, and, and it's fearful and anxious, stress or whatever it is, or some bad news that is negative to what God is saying who you are, to who God says you are, then you have to cast that down, all right? When that thought comes into your mind, yeah. where we get into trouble is when we, when we dwell on a thought, all right? The more you dwell on that thought, especially a negative thought, what, what, what the devil or that demon starts doing is whispering in your ear to make you start thinking that that thought is indeed valid. 
All right? So if it's, if it's a thing of failure or something that you're not going to accomplish, the more you dwell on that thought, the devil's going to be in there whispering in your mind, the reason you're going to fail is, look at this. Look at him. He's better qualified than you. Look at this. The doctor knows that. He's got degrees. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And the more you dwell on it, you will wind up thinking that, while it could be very, very true, this negative thought that I'm hearing, well, it could be really, really true. Wow, maybe I am going to fail. So the way you do that is, first of all, you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm casting it down. How do you cast it down? In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, spirit of fear, because the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If you can't think of the exact scripture, you simply just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. You're, you're a liar. I am a child of God. So you don't want to dwell on it. You don't want to dwell on it. Casting down all imaginations, uh, casting down all imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right? So when that thought comes into your mind, bring it into captivity. Bring it into captivity. Don't let that thought run rampant. If you let the thought run rampant and run wild in your mind, it's going to take root. So you don't want to dwell on it. Okay? Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Second Corinthians 5, 7. And you probably all know this one by heart, but it's so easy to forget. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. You probably already have it on the line, but for we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. And that is so easy for us to forget. If you don't have it underlined, please do underline or highlight it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, what that sight is just saying there, it's also referring to our five senses. It's referring to anything that would be manifest in this physical world, all right? You don't go by what is being presented to you. Just because the guy said this, the doctor said this, the, the boss said this, or the neighbor said this, or whatever, you're not walking by that because that's information that is being fed to you in this physical realm, in the physical realm, all right? You, you, you don't walk by that. You're not guided by that. We walk by faith. God can certainly undo anything that is in this physical realm. God can certainly prevent or stop, not let happen happen anything that is happening in this, in this physical realm. So we're not walking by what we can see, taste, touch, and smell, or hear. We're not going by that. We're, we're going by the faith in what the Word of God tells us. Amen? Amen? Hope that is seen is not hope. You don't have to hope for something that is seen. I hope I have a pulpit. Well, it's seen, so why do I hope for it? It's already there. Amen? Amen? Hope is for those things that are not seen, which is the, the substance of faith. All right? So just because you don't see something happening doesn't mean that God is not working on it. All right? So the first thing you, you have to, to, to remember that we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, the anatomy of the thought. The thought comes into your mind. The first thing that you do, in the name of Jesus, I, re I re reject that thought. I rebuke you, Satan. Get away from me. You foul spirit of fear, anxiety, whatever it may be. Failure, in the name of Jesus, I reject it. You, you stop the thought, the thought. You cast down that imagination we just read. Okay? And then you remember that now I'm going to walk by faith, not by what I'm hearing. I don't care what that newspaper read, says, you know. If you read the newspaper and didn't know the word of God and who you are in Christ, you probably would not get out of bed. Okay? Many, many people, as a matter of fact, they don't watch the news on TV because it gets them so upset. It makes them nervous, you know. And I submit to you, children of God, today, not getting off topic, but I feel I need to, led, being led to go there, you, you need to follow what's happening in the news. You need to. 
Don't be one of these Christians that think that I don't need to, to pay attention to what's going on because what's happening in the world through the news it will help you to direct your prayer. Don't run away from it. There are things that are happening out there that are lining up with biblical prophecy. You, you, you know, Israel is calling back people to return to Israel because they're having difficulties in other parts of Europe. They're coming back to the Holy Land. You better pay attention to what's going on. Listen, because it will help you to direct your prayers. All right? And also, you do not have to be afraid of anything that you read or hear in the news because we are children of God. All right? And we are the ones that are supposed to be in charge. Christianity is, is, under, is, under, uh, is under attack big time, big time. If you've been following the news, look at what's going on around the world. And it's all coming to pass as is written in Scripture. Amen? But, but back to the thought, though. Don't let negative thoughts even that you may hear come into your mind because of the news, uh, what you're reading or hearing. Do not let that deter you from staying focused on the Word of God. You cast down every single imagination that would be exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Uh, okay? Praise, praise God. Uh, moving right along. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Looking at Philippians, the book of Philippians, let us go to chapter number 4. The fourth chapter of Philippians. Okay. So here now again, we're talking about um, uh, casting down these thoughts and what you need to do, the anatomy of, of the thought. And let's go to four. Let's go to verse number six. Be anxious or careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, your hearts and minds, underlined minds, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Your heart is your spirit, and your mind is your soul. Your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are pure, are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Underline, think on these things. Okay? Think on these things. Okay? So, so again, when that, that evil thought or that bad thought comes into your mind, you don't want to start dwelling on it, but think on the things that we just read in, in that scripture there. You know? Um, even though it is said, you've heard people say, well, Jesus, I have a hard time walking and chewing gum at the same time. You know, we talk about multitasking when it comes down to, to computers. Well, the human mind cannot dwell on two thoughts at the same time. It simply cannot and will not. Amen. So you need to be to the point that when that evil thought comes into your mind or that thought of failure comes into your mind, that first of all, again, you don't dwell on it. You know, you shut it down in the name of Jesus, all right? And then you start thinking on the things of God, thinking on the things that are pure, think on the things that are heavenly. Think about Jesus Christ. Think about, you know, one of the things that I used to get my mind off of things like that is because I'm, I, I, I love astronomy and looking at the heavens and the stars and whatnot. I literally, I start visualizing the Milky Way galaxy and thinking about some of the, the Viking, uh, uh, what's his name, that are going out there that man has sent out because I love science. And I dwell on the things of God because it's all tied to God. Amen. But whatever it is that's for the immediate time to get your mind off of that evil thought and rebuking it. Thinking about the pure things of God, the things that are holy. The fact that Jesus went to the cross for you and the work that was done on the cross for you. The fact that when Jesus uh, uh, gave up the ghost, it said that the veil in the temple was torn in two. 
And that veil being ripped in two signified that man no longer had to go through, had to go through another man to get to God. That the veil, the, the entrance into the Holy of Holies was opened. And the way now that we enter there is through Jesus Christ. So you think on those things. You think about that you are a child of God. And if greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, then this evil thought doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. Does not stand a chance. There is no one or no thing that can come, about, that can come against you and succeed. The word of God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All right, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So that means that someone that is plotting bad things against you, someone that is scheming and hoping for your uh, demise, you know, for you to fail or for you to be upset all of the time, that action, those actions will not prosper. It will not bring fruit in your life. If you recognize it and you shut down the thought right away and you zero in and you rebuke it, greater is he that is in me than he that is in, that is in the world. Um, now we want to go, uh, think on these things, go to Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Twelve chapter, uh, verse number 2. Chapter 12, verse number 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Underlined, be not conformed to this world, and underlined also, transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, underlined, will of God. Okay? All right? Acceptable and perfect will of God. So be not conformed to this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So be not conformed to this world means don't think the way unbelievers or non-believers think. All right? we, don't, we don't conform to that kind of mentality, you know. And if you have been prone to, to wind up thinking that way, or if right now there are some parts of your life that you're struggling with that you're worried about, okay, don't do as the world does. We as Christians, as children of God, we don't react to challenges. We don't react to problems the same way the world reacts to problems. All right? To the non-believer or the unbeliever, uh, the person that is not saved, when a problem enters into their life, the first thing that they try to do is to figure out how I can solve the problem. What can I do? Who do I know that I can call? Who can I write? Or let me go see to unsaved Aunt Tilly, because unsaved Aunt Tilly is going to tell me what to do. Amen? Do not be conformed to this world. We don't think the way people of the world think. Amen? David, when he went to fight Goliath, and Saul said to him, Here, put on this armor. Try on this armor. The armor that he put on, which is, which is a type of or symbolic of the world's way to attack a problem, he put it on and he found that it just didn't fit. It, 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 it didn't feel right. He, he, he couldn't maneuver or move or do what God wanted him to do in that armor. So he took it off. And we know the story. We know from there it's history. You know, David took the staff, which is representative of Jesus Christ. He took five smooth stones from the brook. Five, symbolic of, of, of grace. Five is the number of grace. Amen. And that's what he used. And, and he, told, he told Goliath that um, there's one God. And this day, this day I shall defeat you. 
You see, so he spoke it forth. Amen, amen. So we have to, to get control of, of that and realize that we are not to do things the world, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by renewing of your mind. So renewing your mind now is everything that we've been talking about. When that, when that, that thought comes into your mind by someone or some demonic force, you're not going to do the way you used to do things. You're not going to react the way you used to. My new mind is going to tell me, first of all, I'm not going to entertain the thought. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to focus on the things of God, and I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. So not to be conformed. When that thought, as you take, as you, 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 you're taking that thought, we talked about it can take, you can go two paths. One is to stay in your mind while you dwell on it. The other is getting it downward into your spirit. Okay? You need to think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. As you recognize a lie to your mind, always defend yourself out loud. That means, that means speaking to Satan and the evil forces out loud. Binding them in the name of Jesus and forbidding them to lie to you and to use your mind. So when that evil thought comes in, you've got to stop it. And, and, and something, you know, I've been saying this over the f- several, several times over the last few weeks, I've been noticing, catching myself even saying, you know, don't be afraid to speak out loud. Don't feel silly in speaking out loud to that demonic force that is trying to come at you. Amen. The Bible says to do it. It says to speak, to speak, to speak, to speak. So you got that evil thought that's coming into your mind. You say, in the name of Jesus, first of all, I shut you down. Get out of my head. Get away from my ear. Stop whispering in my ear. Stop trying to whisper in my ear. In the name of Jesus, I do not accept that thought. So you shut it down right away. Think about what it is that you're thinking about. As you recognize the lie in your mind, defend yourself out loud. That means speaking to Satan and the demonic forces out loud, binding them in the name of Jesus and forbidding them to lie to you and to use your mind. Then we need to remember, let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Giving you some some mighty tools here here to work with in some areas that are so fundamental that many times we don't even think about it. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Okay. Now, I made, I made mention of this before, but I want you to have it here in Scripture so you can highlight it, so you can refer to it later on as the need arises. First uh, Timothy 1, verse number 7. And I'm sure you're all familiar with this. We, we spoke about it a moment ago. But for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay? So, so um, if God has not given you that spirit of fear, why do we entertain it? Okay, God has not given us that spirit of fear. So if God has not given us that spirit of fear, where is that spirit coming from? All right, we certainly don't want any spirits around us that are not of God. I know I certainly don't. I certainly don't. So if you've got that spirit that's coming at, at you and you're feeling fear, you know, and, and how does fear manifest itself? You know, fear, um, uh, if, if you look at deliverance and there are charts out there that shows the, the, the hierarchy of, of, of demonic spirits, you'll see that that spirit of fear is what is called a strong man. Okay, he's like the head demon. Because under that spirit of fear, you have anxiety, you have stress, you have worry, uh, uh, upset stomachs, I mean, and it goes on and on. Anything that would, would put you into that anxious state or bring stress into your life, it's headed up by the spirit of fear. So if the Bible here says, which is God's word, that God did not give us this spirit of fear, then that means that that spirit, that thing that is whispering in my ear, and you can tell, you can tell what it is by how it makes you feel, um, if you're knowledgeable in, in, the, uh, in, the, in, in, in deliverance, in the practice of deliverance, 
you will know that while you may not know exactly the name of every single spirit that is troubling someone or every single spirit that's manifesting in your life, if you call that spirit by its manifestation, if you didn't know about the spirit of infirmity and you've got a headache and you can't remember the spirit of infirmity, you can bind up and cast out that spirit of headache, as simple as that. So you go at the symptom because the symptom is usually the name of that demonic spirit. Amen? So God has not given us that spirit of fear. So any spirit of fear or any related spirits, God has not given us that. God's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? The power is the name of Jesus Christ. The power is the blood of Jesus Christ. The power is Holy Spirit that is in you. So when that spirit comes at you and you start feeling, I'm not going to get this job or there's some health issue or whatever, you know, even if you can't think of fear being there, you, you, you're getting anxious in your stomach. Your stomach is getting in knots. You, you, you have stress. Um, you start worrying. You, there's a sense of failure there. All of that is fear. All of that is fear. Amen. Amen. If we're worried about failure, why do we worry about failing? Because if we fail at something, then there's some other consequence that's going to happen if we fail. Amen. So that other consequence is what we are afraid of. You see, so it's fear based. Amen. So the thought that's coming into your mind, if you're getting anxious and you're feeling stress getting tied up, you've got to stop that thought. Don't dwell on it. Don't let that demon stay in your head and have you figuring out, yeah, what I'm hearing may be true. Yeah, I don't have that degree. Yeah, I, I don't know math well. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Don't let him whisper in your ear. You shut him down. First of all, in the name of Jesus, get out of my head, get out of my thoughts. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You, 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 you have no authority in me. You have no authority around me. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you right now to desist. Stop it. I call every single plan that you're trying to plot, every single plan, every single thought in the name of Jesus, I call it null and void and I cancel it out in the name of Jesus. You claim that authority and you shut that thought down. Don't even, don't even dwell on it. Don't even dwell on it. So you see that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's go to Philippians again. Philippians. Or did we do this already? Let me see. Yeah, we read we read four through um, four through seven. Let's just pick up. Let me just read the whole thing again. Philippians four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Four verse number four. Philippians four verse number four. I'm going to read read it again, but starting this time at verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known, or, or, or let your thoughts, you know, let your speech uh, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious or careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay, underline, be anxious, anxious or careful for nothing. Don't let anything make you anxious. And the peace of God, as a result of doing what says stated in verse number 6, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's something, just to pause you just for a second. It is oh so simple to us, for us, not to have to try to figure it out. If we do what this is saying here, don't worry, don't have any cash or anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So when that bad thought, that evil thought comes into your mind, you jump into prayer right away. 
you praise God and you worship him and you, whatever the thing is, whatever the need is that this negative thought, this evil thought may be telling you you're going to fail in, you give God the problem. You give God the problem, okay? And if you can give God the problem and if you really, 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 really can believe deep in your heart that God, God has the, the, the power to solve your problem, and that God has a desire to solve your problem, if you can really, really, really believe that, then the peace of God, the next scripture here, and the peace of God which passes all understanding should keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How can that be so? I don't know how many times when there were things going on, either in the company or in the state or wherever, whomever the employer was for me at the particular time, and there were budget cuts that were coming down. And there were, there were people that in, one, in a couple of cases back east there earlier on in my career, some folks came back from lunch and found a proverbial pink slip on their desk telling them, you know, after lunch, 5 o'clock is your last day here because of the budget cuts or whatever, okay? All of that's going on, and I never had any fear, never had any worry, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that the thought did not try to come upon me, Okay, and, and it can be something that you have to wrestle with, but you've got to bring it into control each time around, each time around. Holy Spirit can use someone else even to come and minister to you and kind of give you a reminder, you know. Well, you remember what the Word says, remember what the Word says, all right? And then at that point, you have to regroup. You have to regroup. And if you can actually get to the point at some time there where you've prayed, you've prayed to God and you've just said, okay, God, you just take it because I can't deal with it. I don't know how to fix it. But if you really, really believe deep within your spirit that God can, that's when that peace that's being referenced there comes upon you. And the peace, it passes understanding. It, passes under, it surpasses understanding. Because the people there back in the office there, when I came back, and I did not have a pink slip on my desk, and they were, well, don't, aren't you upset? Aren't you worried about this? Aren't you worried that you may get? No. Well, how can you not be worried? They didn't understand. They didn't understand. So that kind of peace that will, come from, that will come upon you, which only God can give you, and from knowing that I walk by faith, not by sight, all right, and that I'm a child of God, that, that, that I am his son, I am his daughter, and knowing that he's going to take care of me, if all of that you're really certain about that, then there will be a peace upon you, and other folks that are not of God won't understand it, because it doesn't make sense. Because people in the world are looking for things that happen to make sense. Okay, God is called supernatural. Why? Because God, outs God operates outside the boundaries of the natural. Super means outside of. God is supernatural. He's outside of the boundaries that natural things have. God is outside of the power of gravity. God is outside of the, the power of physics. God created those things, so he is outside of it. So if you've got God that is working on your behalf, and, and, and you have that faith that he's going to do, and you've prayed to him, by the way, as it said, You've prayed to him, and you've given him thanks. You know, what we, you know how many of you realize and understand that when you've got an issue going on in life, and when you're praying to God, you're supposed to be giving him thanksgiving, giving thanksgiving, giving thanksgiving. So be giving thanks. Amen, 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 amen. We need, to be, we need to thank God in good times and thank God in not so good times also. Amen. So it says to, it says to come to him. It, it says come to him. Um, Thanks for nothing. Uh, verse number six again. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, means asking, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. 
Okay, so you've got that issue in your life and you're bringing it to God and you're saying, God, here's my issue. You know, I'm concerned about this. I'm worried about this. I don't know this. So-and-so said this to me. So-and-so said that to me. Lord, I don't know how to deal with it. Lord, you know, I praise you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you so much for all that I have. Thank you, Lord God, for being who you are in my life. Thank you for the cross on Calvary. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I trust you. I know that you're there. And Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you, you know. And if you want to try to relate on a more human experience, you know, think about to when, when you were younger. There had to be someone in your life that you ran to for safety if you were frightened. You know, I, I remember many times because we had thunder and lightning storms back east like you wouldn't believe. And, and in the middle of the night when I was little and I'd hear the lightning, I'd see the lightning because the whole room would light up. I mean, literally. And the boom, this real heavy-duty thunder. And I'd jump up and my, my younger brother and I shared a room. I'd look over at him and I'd beeline for my mom and dad's bed. And I'd go diving right in the middle of the, right between the two of them. You know, I'd hear my father, I'd hear him grunt like that, and he'd move over, and I'd snuggle in between and pull the covers over there. But that was a place of safety. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that if I could get to that bed, and I had a little hallway to run down, I remember, and I would see the lightning reflecting off the wall, and it was like one of the old horror houses, you know, here, <laughs> here I, I can, as clear as day, I can start, I can picture this clear, where my room was, where the bathroom was, mom and dad's room was around the corner there, and I had to run and the light was flashing, but I knew that when I got to the safety of being with them, you know, that all would be okay. Well, this is where we have to get with God, the same way, the same way. And if you know that you know that you know that if I can get with God in my prayer closet, I can get with God, that I'll be, be safe, that all will be well, then the peace that you will have will pass all understanding. Amen? It will pass all understanding. You won't necessarily know why, okay, but don't dwell on that either. Just accept the peace. Just accept it for what it is. Amen? Amen. So the peace of God that passes all the all understanding. Uh, then it continues on down in verses number 8. 8 through 9. Um, Finally, brethren, whatever things are pure are true, things are honest, whatever things are just, things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there, if there be any virtue and any praise, think on these. For those, um, those things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. So this is how we process that when we're getting it down into our spirits. Into our spirits. Um, let's go to Romans 8. In winding down here. Romans 8. Romans 8. And I want to go to verse... Let's start with... Let's start with 12. Okay. The anatomy of a thought. It's a process. It's a pathway. Romans 8, verse number 12, we'll start with. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Again, that's the worldly kind of thing. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Okay? And the die there is referring to spiritual death. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die, spiritual, spiritually die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the flesh, 
deeds of the body, which is worldly stuff, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Please underline the word led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that evil spirit, that evil thought comes into your life. That is not the spirit that should be leading you. Amen. That's not the spirit that should be leading you. But oh, so many times when that thought comes into our minds and we start dwelling on it in here, up here, and, and, and we concentrate on it and think on it, that's what winds up leading you. Okay? And if you think it's not leading you, you, you stop and think about how you feel when that evil thought comes into your mind or when that thought against God comes into your mind. How do you feel? You know, you wind up dragging around the house during the day. You wind up just, you being, you, you see, sometimes you wind up being non-communicative. You know, you, you, you're just not your, your normal self. You know, and trust me, I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm human also. Amen. Amen. But you have to recognize what's, what's happening there. Okay. Because that spirit is now leading you. Holy Spirit is no longer leading you if you're feeling like that. If you're feeling like you don't want to get up in the morning, you'd just rather lie there in bed and just hope you can go back to sleep and the day will pass, the week will pass, then you're not being led by the Spirit of God. You're letting an evil spirit dominate you and domineer you, I should say, in, in leading you. Amen? Amen? So we see here that uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received, again, you have not received the, bond, the spirit of bondage again to fear. Here it is again. Okay, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, now, let's analyze that. For you underline where it says you, ye, underline and put I, so that when you're reading, reading this later on, you can make it more personal. For I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, let's analyze those words. I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. To fear. The spirit of bondage bondage means that you're in captivity to that spirit of fear. All right? It's one thing for that spirit of fear to come upon you and then you rebuke it quickly. But if you're under, you are under bondage to that spirit of fear, that means you're in captivity to it. You're enslaved by it. Fear is what is guiding your life. Whenever something goes on in your life, you wind up becoming fearful. You're in bondage. You're in bondage. Anytime there's something that you can't break free of, you're in bondage. Hence the word, you're in, you're in bonds, you're, you're imprisoned, you're enslaved to. Amen? So God is saying here through his word that he has not given us um, um, the spirit of bondage again to fear. Again. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we, we cry, Abba Father. Abba Father. Spirit of adoption means that we've been adopted into the body of Christ. We've been adopted. We're a child of God. Okay? We're, we are a child of God. Amen? Verse number 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, spirit is capital S. That's meaning Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs, listen to that, joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. All right, so you have to realize that, that you've been adopted, that the Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children, then we are God's heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Okay, in other words, in other words the, the earth itself, the earth itself, creation itself, is, 
is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, which is us, which is us, by the things that we should and could be, and could be doing. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. You see, the sin and in in, in what's going on in the world, the whole, the whole earth is groaning and travailing because God's creation was thrown into a state that was not the original intent of God. Amen? Amen? And hence, you see the earthquakes, and you see the violent things that are happening on the earth. Amen? So th- this is what, what's going on now. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. There it is. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Underline that. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for it? Amen? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it. Alright? So the things that we're hoping for, you know, and with patience and having trust in God, and knowing that God is going to come through, this is what helps us to build faith. You know, because many times the things that we pray for don't necessarily get answered right there in the moment or in the time frame that we think it should. Amen? So, so with, that, with that hope um, and faith for things that we don't see, in other words, those things that have not yet come to pass, just because we don't see them does not mean that they're not going to come to pass, but we keep the faith in God, and we walk by faith and not by sight. Things that are seen, you don't have to hope for. Makes, doesn't make sense. But it's the things that you don't see, the things that you're hoping to manifest in your life, to come, to, come through into, in your life, and, and focusing on that. Oh, that's what faith is all about. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmity. Helps our in- infirmity here. For while, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searched the, heart, the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, so when you're praying, especially those of us that pray in tongues, and you're praying in, in the Spirit as, as they speak, while you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit of God does. Amen? The Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit's in you. He knows what you're going through. Amen? Holy Spirit knows exactly what, what you're going through. So when you're praying to God, if he already knows and the Holy Spirit's going to intercede for you, then that means that he is speaking. This is God speaking to God on your behalf. So if God is speaking to God on your behalf, that is in you. If God is speaking to God on your behalf, then why do we take a thought that comes into our heads, a negative thought, and we start dwelling on it, saying that it's going to bring us a, a, a failure. It's going to bring us this, it's going to do this, it's going to do that to us. Amen? And we know that all things, verse 28, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Please underline that. We know that all things work together for good to them, to them that love God. Satan will get into your mind, or some demonic spirit will get into your mind, and it will say to you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to come to pass. You're going to fail, or this won't happen, this won't materialize, this won't manifest in your life. Amen? So the first place you've got to get to in your heart and in your spirit, that all things work together for good. In other words, if God has my well-being in his intention, then that means whatever manifests itself until I get to that point, 
God's working it for my good. You see? Because so many times when we pray for something, we think that it's going to be given to us in the steps of which we are praying. All right? Which means that if you're praying to get to point A, the point uh, D, and you're praying for certain things to happen along B and C, B and C might not happen for you, or the way you think it should. But getting to point D, God will ultimately get you to wherever it is he wants you to be. So whatever is happening at points B and C, it's working together for good because you love God, even though it might not manifest the way you want it to manifest. Now, why do I say that? Because if you can get that deep into your spirit, that all things are going to work together for good, the challenges that may arise or may come up before you get to the end game, you know, will will tend to set you back. It'll tend to set you back because, again, you're taking that setback or you think you're taking that prayer not being answered the way you thought it was going to be answered. You're taking that as a setback and the devil is there and going to get into your mind and going to say, see, I told you, God didn't answer your prayer. God didn't answer your prayer, okay? If and when that happens, you simply say, God has my back. God is in charge of my life. And I know that no matter where it goes here, all things work together for good because I love him, according to the scripture there. Okay? But the devil will use those intermediate steps, if they're not going the way you exactly think they are, to, to, to beat you up and to put fear into your, into your life and to make you think that, you see, God has deserted you. God did not answer your prayer. Amen? So if you can just get into your spirit here that um, um, God will get me home, I don't care if I've got nine red lights to stop at and six stop signs and all of that stuff. God is going to get me home. Amen. And that's what you keep focused on. Okay. And once you can focus on that and you're giving it to God, then the peace of God that passes, you know, will will come upon you that passes understanding. Because you, you, you won't be worrying about the how. You'll simply know that I gave it to God, and I'm not going to listen to those evil thoughts that's being put in my mind. You see, God deserted you, God left you, and so on like that. Amen. God will be glorified in your life. God will be glorified in your life. God will be glorified in in your life if you let him. If you let him. All right? But you can't take everything that's happening in your life and try and figure out exactly how it is that you need to do it. God will tell you what you need to do. He'll speak to you. Amen? Amen? But you give the problem to him. Give it to him. And don't let that evil spirit start whispering in your ear. You see what I mean? This is what you need to do. You, you need to pick up the phone. You need to call somebody. You need to do, do this, that, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, amen? Um, If your bond is corruption into the okay, saved by hope. Okay, let's just go to verse number twenty-eight. Keep moving through here. Um, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we then say to, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Underline that, please. What shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, then there's no demon on this earth that can do anything to come against you. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, now how shall he not with him who freely gave, give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Underline God's elect, because that's you. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God that justifieth? 
Who is he that condemns? Shall Christ that died, yea, uh, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Please underline that. Nay, all, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So if you're thinking on all of those things when that evil thought comes upon you, then it doesn't stand a chance. It does not stand a chance in being there to to torment you. Last scriptures here in closing. Go to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to close out because you've heard a lot here today. Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 30, verse number number 11. Last scriptures here. Anatomy of a thought. Think about it, how it comes into your mind and and how you're going to process it and what path you're going to let it take. Okay? Deuteronomy, first, one of the first five books there in the Bible. Okay? Uh, we're going to start with verse number 11. Okay? For this commandment which I command thee this day, today, Sunday, February 22nd, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say who should go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word, the word is very near unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Please underline that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day, February 22nd, life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, underline please, walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, underline keep, his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, that thou mayest live and multiply, underline live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee, underline shall bless thee, in the land to which, uh, to which thou goest to possess it. Amen? So in other words, to pause you just for a moment, uh, what he's saying is, is that the, words, the word of God is not some place that is so far off that you can't grasp it. It's not in heaven. It's not across the sea in some other nation someplace where you've got to send someone to go and get it. You don't have to go over there. He said it's very near you. It is, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth that you may do it. And this day he's telling us that he's setting before us life and good and death and evil. All right? But in that I command you this day to love the Lord, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments. We need to keep his commandments. And why, if we do these things, then what will happen to us? We will live and multiply, and the Lord will bless us. Okay? Verse 17, however, But if thine heart turn away, so that you will not hear, 
but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. And just please underline all of that. Uh, if thine heart turn away so that you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods. You know, if you're drawn away and you're starting to listen to Satan or listen to that devil that is whispering something in your ear. Or if you're being drawn away and you're putting other things for God, putting it before God, putting other things or circumstances or people before God. You know, you know, you know, you don't know how many times I talked a little bit about, about this uh, last week or the week before, you know, that I've heard so many sisters, you know, that we talk about in the church there that, that, that Johnny over there, he's the one. Oh, I'm sorry, I, said, I did it again, didn't I, John? That, 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 that Billy over there, that Billy over there is the man for me and God has shown me that and God didn't show her that, you, you know, because there was something else going on with Billy, even though he was sitting there in the church. He had two wives over in Minneapolis. He had another wife over here. But he was sitting there in church, but he didn't know. You understand? that? So God would not be giving her a man like that. But so many women have said that. But she's going after this person. You see? So we can go after people. We can cover people. We can cover things. You see? And if we're doing that, we're going to see that you're making a God out of that. You're making an idol out of that. And it can run us into danger. Okay? It says, it says it that, uh, um, uh, verse 17 again, But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, because God is telling you, don't do that, don't go there, don't do this, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare unto you this day that you shall surely perish. Please in the line. You shall surely perish. And that you shall not prolong your days upon the land. So which thou passest over, to which thou passest over to the Jordan to go possess it. You see? Now, God has given us all promised lands. All of us have a promised land. And that promised land can take its, its uh, 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 shape in many different things. Promised land, a promised land is something you could be praying for. Could be praying for a successful marriage. Could be praying for a new house. It could be praying for a new job. Could be praying for be, be health. You know. And when you get to that promised land, then it's going to be good. But even then, there are certain things that we should do, that we need to do, and, and to get us there, that we, we, we need to do. You know. You know. It, it, God will not get us to our promised land if we're not listening to Him. Simple as that. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. You, you know. He, he, he won't get. Uh, uh, Israel could have gotten from point A to point B. They didn't have to go through that wilderness the way they did for 40 years. It was a relatively short distance. All right? But Israel's life as a nation was filled so much with doubt and backsliding and sin and not listening and not believing God. So it took them 40 years. It was one year for every day that they believed, by the way, when they sent the spies, uh, Joshua and, and, uh, and Caleb, to spy out the land. And took them 40 days to do that, and they came back with a whole lot of negative complaints and everything. And God said, for every single day you didn't believe me, you shall wander in the desert for one year. And that was 40 years. But the distance that they went, went was relatively short if they had gone in a straight line. But God took them that way because the generation had to die off. The generation of unbelievers had to die off. So God will not get us into our promised lands as long as we're not believing him and not following and not doing what he's telling us to do. You won't succeed. Don't succeed, you see. And that's why sometimes we need to run a sanity check, a spiritual check, I should say, on our lives, because if we're not succeeding where we're wanting to go, if we're not getting to what are, that, what are some of these things that we're praying for and hoping for, then we need to be consulting with God. God, am I missing the mark? Am I doing something wrong? Am I, am I not doing something that I should be doing? Are you telling me something and I'm not simply being obedient because of something that I want so much? Something that I want so much, you know? The Lord knows how much I like electronics and things like that. And a new gadget comes out and I start, you know, 
craving for it and wanting to, to get it, you know, and everything like that. And then every place I go and check, Best Buy, Amazon, I can go on down the list, Crutchfield, and down the list of the people that I deal with. And if something is wrong, you know, something going on there, there's complaints, bad ratings, or whatever, I, I literally say, okay, God, are you trying to tell me something? Maybe I need to stay away from that product, and I won't get it. And then sure enough, later on down the road, I'll find out there's something radically wrong. And I'll say, thank you, Lord, I'm so glad I didn't get it. You see? So you need to check yourself spiritually about things that you're praying for and things that you're wanting. That you're wanting. God, is this something that you want me to have? Is this something that I should be doing? Is there something you want me not to do? You know? You know? You know we can make sin comes in two flavors, kind of. And I'm not, not talking about venial sins and mortal sins. That's something that man dreamed up. I'm talking about the sin of commission, which is a sin that you actually do. And then there's the sin of omission, which is something that you don't do. A sin of omission is something that God has told you to do specifically, and for whatever reason, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. We can get into trouble like that big time, big time. Okay, because what God tells us to do is for our own good. If God tells us not to do something, you better believe that's even more for our good because God's trying to keep you out of trouble, you see. But many times we don't want to hear that. We want, we want something or someone so badly that we will go and we will circumvent God's will in our lives. And then when things start happening or things don't start happening in our lives, then we wonder why, okay? And we don't take time to do the spiritual check. We just wonder why, but we never ask God really why. And why do you think we don't ask God really why? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because if you're a child of God, you've got an inkling in your spirit what the answer is going to be. All right? You've got an inkling. You've got this feeling inside because the Holy Spirit's there. And even though you're being disobedient, Holy Spirit is, is telling you something. But you won't come out and ask God why because you're afraid of the answer. You're afraid that God is actually going to tell you, don't do it. And because you want it so bad, or you want the person so bad, you want the circumstance, you want the car, you want the gadget so bad, and you know you should be asking God, you won't ask him, because you're afraid of what the answer is going to be. Amen? Amen? So we go on pretending, like, I'm getting by, I'm skating by this, because, you know, you know um, um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't told Dad I went and took $5 out of his wallet. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep getting by. Maybe he doesn't notice it. Maybe he won't notice it. Well, God notices everything. So the longer we delay getting right with God and going to talk to him, the longer and further away that promised land gets from us. Okay? The 40 years become 50 years, 60 years, 7 years. Because God's not going to bring us into that place if we're being disobedient. Okay, if we're being disobedient. And there's good reason. Because we get to that place and we've, and we've been disobedient and we're not following God, then that means we won't act the way God wants us to act when we get there. Case in point, what did Israel? What happened to Israel when they got to the promised land? What did God tell them before they got there? When you get to the promised land, you shall not do as those that live in the land do. You won't take on their ways. Don't follow their gods. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Because God knew what was happening in that promised land, even, even though he was preparing the way. So many times God will not, get us to get, will not get us to our promised land simply because we haven't been talking to him and we're not going to be obedient to him. So why is God going to give us this great and wonderful thing we're praying, we're praying for and then he gives it to us and then we're in this new state of being and we're not going to be obedient to, obedient to him. You see, then we wind up in more trouble. 
Amen. Amen. So last few scriptures here, which I've said a few times, but I promise you the last few scriptures. Um, if thine heart turn away, repeating 17, um, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn and worship other gods and serve them. I declare unto you this day that you shall uh, surely perish and that you shall not prolong uh, your days upon the land to which thou passest over the Jordan to, to go to possess. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, underline, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Please in the line. Therefore, choose life. That thou, that both thou and thy seed may live. So not just you, but you and your children, your family, those around you shall live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest uh, obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is your life. Underline, cleave unto him, for he is your life. Cleave unto him, for he is your life. And the length of your days. Underline, length of thy days. That thou may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. So what God is saying through his word, that this day, February 22nd, again, God is saying to us to choose life. To choose life. Choose the way of following him and choose to listen to his word so that we can indeed prosper. You know, because to do anything other than that brings nothing but destruction and trouble into our lives. Amen. And can be delaying, can be delaying very much that very thing that you're praying for because you're not following him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.